Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'm joined today by my guest, Jason Tachi of Pretendo Games. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's good to have you, and you have quite a few games, correct? Yeah, I kind of can't stop. <laughs> so where should we start? Uh, 2400, I think, is one that people that you said that that tends to be one that's noticed, correct? Yeah, that's the one that's gotten the most attention anyway. Um, that basically came about because I really wanted to run a whole bunch of adventures from other games or do a bunch of other things that I didn't have to prep for. So I kind of stripped it down to as few rules as I thought I could get away with. And then I just kind of kept making more of it. They're, each one's like three pages in a cover if it's on two sides of a letter p- size page. So good good for getting stuff done in a short period of time with ADHD, basically. <laughs> I appreciate that. So what is the system for 2400 like? That's a great question that I should have a, a readier answer to. <laughs> um, the, I hear a lot of people compare it to... Um, to Ghost Echo, um, the John Harper game. And at the time that the, when it was first suggested to me that they're similar, I thought, no, they're, they're totally different. And then I went back and looked at it again and I was like, no, it's actually pretty similar. Um, so <laughs> my, 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 my idea with it basically was um, I didn't want to have to track too much as the GM. I wanted an excuse to use all the different funny shaped dice that I own mm-hmm. or that my friends own. Oh, yes. And um I wanted there to be, um, I wanted every single time somebody picks up the dice, something interesting to happen, basically. So uh, the way it works basically is, is just, um, you've got some skills, they've got dice ratings for them. If something risky is about to happen, you roll one of those dice. If something's helping you out, maybe you'll roll another die. And if it's a low roll, things go bad. And if it's in the middle, then things might go kind of bad they might go kind of good and then if it's a higher role then uh things go fine you avoid the risk uh, and there's some other stuff in there uh breaking items to avoid consequences and stuff like that but i don't actually think the dice rules are the are particularly revolutionary or anything like that i, mm-hmm. I suspect that um it, it, it works well for me just because it's easy to explain really quickly and just teach people on the fly but uh, I suspect that people keep using the SRD, the, which uh, I, I called 24XX because it was like, oh, it's only four characters. It's so easy to write. And then I had to start pronouncing it on, out loud on podcasts. And I realized, what a cumbersome name. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, the SRD has a bunch of um, templates and stuff that just make it pretty easy to, to bang out your idea for your game in a, in a easy to approach format and i have a feeling that 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 even more than like the dice rolls is uh one of the big draws uh, the one that i first became aware of of yours personally is agents of the odd mm-hmm. yeah that's more of i i guess i described it as x files meets into the odd type thing am i am i off by saying that <laughs> no no you're you're on um that one is um it's based on chris mcdowell's uh, into the odd rules so you're, you're dead on right there the other sort of big x-files was an influence but the thing that it influenced me most and thinking through what i wanted it to look like was uh hellboy comics and bprd comics which uh, yes <laughs> i wanted to read i wanted to make this game for like decades honestly before i finally was just like this is the system i want to use for this it's a neat looking game i've actually been reading through it now mostly to, to honestly to cannibalize and take stuff from. <laughs> yeah, go nuts <laughs> I was like, oh, let's see here. And, and, and that's that's how it came to my attention. Mm-hmm. So you are 
pretty prolific uh, a lot of different things out that you have on itch and stuff like that how when did you get started putting games out what got you started and and, and how did how did that what did that journey look like from <laughs> i'm sure Actually, you're playing for a lot longer than you were oh playing. yeah i mean i've been playing since i was a kid i, I first played ad and d second edition when when i was like 11 or 12 or something like that and then spent years playing D and palladium and uh, oh, I did a lot of police. A, a lot of a nominee through the nineties. I still got the nominee. I got the nominee main book over there. <laughs> I, can't, I can't touch the rules anymore, but I still have a fondness for the setting. Yeah, somebody introduced me somewhere along the line. Somebody introduced me to Castle Falkenstein there, and it really like broke my brain in terms of like <gasps> the rules can be so different from what I thought. Um, <laughs> but um, so so like I had been like making little hacks and games and stuff since you know seventh grade or something but the i first started sharing them online uh, during the google plus days so yeah i actually made it a nominee hack some years ago um using john harper's lasers and feelings um and posted that on google plus and that felt really nice just to get some feedback from other nominee players and stuff like that and then um you know i was aware of of drive through rpg but it felt I don't know, kind of daunting as, as a, a place to, <laughs> to, to start putting games. But then I started seeing people's games coming to itch and um, seeing people posting stuff there for jams and stuff. Nate Treme made a, a pamphlet dungeon jam at some point, And I was like, I want to do a pamphlet dungeon. And so I tried to make one also loosely based on uh, Into the Odd and, uh, and kind of like a mix between that and In the Light of a Ghost Star, also by Nate, uh, inspired by Dark Souls called Exhumed. And um, I got it done right at the last minute. And then there was some sort of bug in the system and I wasn't able to post it oh, for, the no. for the pamphlet Dungeon Jam. And I was so bummed. And so I didn't work on any RPGs for like months. And then I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take another crack at this. And I came back months later to take another crack at it and found it actually did submit properly to the pamphlet Dungeon Jam on time. I just failed to hit publish properly oh. because the <laughs> website loaded funny. So I've now got like this one game that's like submitted to the pamphlet Dungeon Jam, you know, three months after it actually <laughs> finished. <laughs> oh, no. But once, once I got over that hurdle of like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I can actually use websites. I know how to do that. Um, I just started posting all those things that I've been kind of working on for personal reasons along the way. And, and it, it looks like, oh, wow, he got so much done so quickly. But like what you're looking at is... I've been making games in my spare time for years and I'm just dribbling them out to public uh, gradually as it occurs to me. Like, yeah, I should fix the typesetting on that and just go with it. Now, there's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring something up because I, so you're, you were into a lot of the types of stuff that seems that I, a lot of us were into back in the 90s playing. And a lot of those games were very different than stuff like Into the Odd. There's yeah. definitely been a change in game design. And what I'm seeing of your stuff is very much into that rules light kind of more freeform type of thing that's been going on. I'm I'm curious what that transition and what led to that going from one extreme to the other how'd that happen it's <laughs> a good question i think i made a similar transition in a lot of my games <laughs> so the thing is that like the games that i played in the 90s it's i played them because i it's what i knew it's what i heard about it's what i saw in the store it's what i saw from my friends and whatever else right and I don't begrudge anybody who enjoys different kinds of games from what I do, different kind of rules from what I enjoy. Like, if that's what you're into, then that's that's great. It's just that it took me a, a while before I became aware of other kinds of games at all. I mentioned before um, Castle Falkenstein. That basically came about because uh, I, I showed a friend, like, my 
D&D knockoff that I was working on. And he's like, you know, you could deviate from D&D a little bit. And I was like, I don't know how. I This is what games are like, right? And, and then he went and he brought me to this other game where, you know, you're using playing cards and it's a, a lot more um, open to interpretation, uh, how characters are built and stuff like that. And it kind of blew my mind. Even that, in retrospect, you go back and you look at Castle Falconstein, it's actually quite a bit more traditional in a lot of ways than I even remembered. Um, it's still very much about like, you know, you add one modifier to another modifier versus a target number for resolution, right? It, and it was years before I started seeing that was uh, stuff that was more pared down. John Harper's games actually were a, a big turning point. The ones that he was giving away for free, like World of Dungeons, Lasers and Feelings, Ghost Echo, that kind of got me thinking, not only like, can I read this in a page and understand what's going on and actually get to the end of it, as opposed to like a book that I may or may not actually finish, but um, I, I think I could I could make something this big. And that's great because I feel like so many games are expect us as the GM to also be a designer anyway, to hack it, to make our own adventures, to do whatever. Oh, that yeah. it's it's kind of like, well, I've already caught that bug. I might as well put it to use and, and actually make some games out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's I, I I've always hacked as a DM. And I and I know most DMs I know kind of like they do what they want to do and they change their games up and they come up with their own stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's always been a thing. I think just as a, in general, GMs tend to be for the most part creative folk because we're always making up adventures. And even if we're following an adventure, we're we're you know coming up with something. All right. So Oh, that was just kind of a tangent. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm with you, and I'm excited to see what you take from Agents of the Odd and what you do with that. It's, <laughs> these games are all, all all of our games, right? Are like cobbled together from other people's games. So, yeah. like, I feel like I love to see that. Uh, one thing that I love, and I said when I before I even started doing a podcast, is I like one of the things that occurred historically in the gaming community, I'd say around the year 2000, when the open game license came out, and it became a lot more people putting out stuff for exist the existing games. And then uh, mm-hmm. you've got this whole community that are mix mashing. It's like, and I've said, use the term open gaming is what I'm interested in, where people are mix mashing ideas and mechanics and settings and coming up with their own, this whole DIY element to gaming. I love it. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. it's right up my alley. Yeah. And definitely like, like when you're taking some of these, like, yeah, into the, uh, into the odd and you're taking it a totally new direction, like, like, like doing Hellboy and stuff like that with it. I mean, that's, kind of what you're doing could you tell me about a few of the other ones you have because you've got quite a few here that I'm, I'm checking out and i haven't what is this illusorati oh man so a lot of what you're seeing there especially the ones lower on that page are um uh works in progress that i started for a jam and then i got to a certain point and was like you know what i need to actually spend more time on this before i can show it to anybody <laughs> That one in particular, now that we're talking about um, cobbling stuff together from other people's games, came about because for years I'd been trying to make a um, an urban fantasy game based on a, a tarot-based system. And I, I playtested it at Metatopia at one point and found, like, this is not quite there. Um, <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed it, but, like, it just was not ready for prime time. And the setting was was such a unclear mishmash sort of thing that it's like i don't really know what i want to do with this and then i got invisible sun which is that rings a bell what's invisible sun what extremely that? elaborate expensive is that the monty uh, cook one 
Yeah, it comes yeah. in a big black cube. I um, wanted that thing, but I think that was price prohibitive for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't exactly a, 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 a let, let's say, a, let's just say that purchase required a conversation with the missus. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the time, I think I was able to justify it as like, we, maybe we'll be able to justify this as work. Maybe it's like a tax write-off or something. So um, <laughs> I did try to um, to play it try to play it I, I was invited to an online game with some folks we got through character creation which took us about a week i'm not joking and then and then it just kind of fizzled and we, we weren't able to actually put together a time to play it but like it gave me a time an opportunity to kind of absorb the rules and the setting and determine what it was i loved about it and what it was that was like wow i really 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 don't like this about it um and so that game illusorati was basically my response to um to that and other games that i love but also have like bits and pieces of them that I feel a little bit uncomfortable about. Anything that's like, oh, look, the entire world is an illusion. And at the at the center of it all is is the real world that is run by the elite and who they don't actually think you're a real human being and that they can just use you. Invisible sun, amber, um, stuff like that. The idea of, um, yeah, yeah, people in service jobs are actually just... Uh, you know, faceless ghosts or automata or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. not even real human beings. It's like, wow, that really makes me squeamish to hear that. Actually. I really, that really <laughs> weirds me out. So the, so this game is basically supposed to be, um, you are playing those people, the people in, in the, the magical city that the elites insist is the only real city in the world. And, and you're the people they insist don't exist, but heck that's a heavy topic right there. And I, <laughs> I know I like it. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking as like a, as a cis white guy though, like I figured like, this is a game, like before I do this, I need to make sure I do this right. I got to get some, some cultural consulting on this. I, I know what it's like to be a service worker, but I don't know what it's like to be someone whose government has decided they're not a real person, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and so... Um, but that's, like, legitimately that occurs, period. Right. And, and something people don't want to talk about. And I think the fact that we're not willing to talk about it is an issue. The fact that we don't want to acknowledge the fact that people have different experiences is a problem, Yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> So I'm taking my time on that one. It's kind of on the back burner while I work on like three other things that are on that page and unfinished. Wastoid is the one I'm working on this week, which is a Nave hack run for um, post-apocalyptic adventures that are legally distinct from Fallout. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to finish that up for an OSR jam going on this month. Fallout is interesting. I, I don't play video games, never really have, but my son got into it for a bit some years ago and I started playing fallout to like hey look dad's doing it too yeah i think that's neat i thought it was kind of neat i didn't like the fighting part they kept on killing me but yeah, i like all do the exploring <laughs> <laughs> well we're coming about on time can you tell the listeners where they can pick up your works and uh, find you online yeah you can get stuff and uh my uh, itch page that's my first name last name it's jason j-a-s-o-n last last name's uh t-o-c-c-i dot itch dot io um and uh honestly probably uh it might be even easier to just search for me on itch or on drive through under pretendo games that's pretend with an o and then the word games uh that's also that's also the name that i tweet under on twitter at least until that becomes too much of a dystopian hellscape and i have to flee <laughs> from it well thank you for coming on it's been good talking to you likewise thanks very much for having me on no doubt no doubt if you've enjoyed what you've heard 
Please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Chrome. We can really use support over on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Wildliesandwizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.